It's time to look into the future. Today on Garden Time, we talk about gardening trends, who decides what's hot and what's not, and what does that mean to the gardener. Plus, we talk about a couple of plants to look out for in the next year or so. Coming up next on Garden Time. Garden Time is brought to you by Capital Subaru in Salem, Oregon. Start your new Subaru story at Capital Subaru. We are like nothing else. From the moment you step through these doors, you see it, you feel it. We do things differently here. Our people, our culture, our customer experience. Tell us what you're looking for and we'll upgrade the way you shop for Subarus. When you're just browsing, need great service, or starting your next adventure, we're always here for you. It's your story at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway. Welcome to the Garden Time Podcast. We're based in the Pacific Northwest of the United States in a Zone 7 region. This deals with plants that can survive at approximately zero degrees Fahrenheit or warmer. I'm producer Jeff Gustin with your hosts, Judy Alaruzzo and Ryan Seeley. Welcome to Garden Time. I'm Jeff. This is Ryan and Judy. And uh, thank you again to Capital Subaru in Salem, Oregon for uh, sponsoring our podcast and video. Um, today we're going to talk about trends. And first of all, my question is trends. How did these start in the garden centers? When did they start? Are they important? That's such a big question. It really is. We were talking just before we started the film and it's like, you know, we all want to be on the cutting edge as people in the business, me as a retailer and a, a podcaster, you know, we want to tell you the coolest new things and, but we also want to have it in our garden. So it's kind of funny that there's somebody out there thinking about what's going to be trending in the next year. And it's funny because a lot of these trends are coming about, there's not, they're not new right. by any means. I mean, they're talking about white gardens. Mm -hmm. I mean, Planting white flowers in your garden, having this evening garden, that's been around a long time. Right. Might have a little different twist on it, but it's, you know, it's not necessarily new, but it's maybe for a newer generation that's yes. coming up through or that's a newer sure. gardener right. that hasn't been through that right. before. And they rename it. So now it's the moon garden, it's the twilight garden. Right. So they just put a different spin so it sounds fresh again. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but I think, you know, in the, in the garden centers, you know, they, you know, may, some look at trends and you want to be on top of this and then others maybe don't. But it kind of maybe it's a roadmap as to something to look at mm -hmm. or give you ideas of what to go after. Right. And because we want people to be excited. Mm -hmm. So it's like, does the new Mazda look like the old Mazda? Or, you know, I mean, they just tweak it a little bit, but you still have to have a new car every year. So you have to have new trends every year. Right. So is this more of a marketing thing uh, from the garden center and from you know, the retailer and the wholesaler point of view? No, I, I think there is, you know, yeah, some marketing so. that it's. You know, because we, we've talked about, you know, how, do, how does a trend get started or who is, mm -hmm. who is setting these trends, right? There's not a big trend authority out there that's, <laughs> you know, forecasting out, out for 10 years <laughs> out of what these trends are. Right. It's, you know, you, you, you may get, you know, growers or breeders that are, you know, breeding new genetics of something. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're starting to see a trend in a more compact plant or a tropical plant that's starting to get hardier and it survives in different areas. So maybe that's going to be a trend that you start seeing seeing some of this and it's coming from the plant side of things. That's true, yeah, because I've seen that, because that all makes sense because our houses are small, you know, our, our yards are smaller, the houses are bigger, the land is smaller. Right. So the compact plants, yeah, and container gardening is so important. So yeah, that's been a trend that's, now it's not even a trend anymore, right. it's, a, it's a stable. And if you look at, look at the trends for like a gardening trend, 
you know, like you said, it's coming off of, okay, what is, what are houses doing? Mm -hmm. You know, what are these builders and architects and what are they designing with a limited space that pretty soon now you have to have a plant palette <laughs> that, you know, fits into sure. what you're living in right. or, you know, Pantone colors, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? You know, di right. different colors. Hold that thought. We're going to get, <laughs> we'll get to Pantone. <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but different, different colors or right. different, you know, architectural styles mm -hmm. or, you know, they start playing into it where pretty soon these, you start seeing these and you need something to fill the void right. or to decorate around that. Right, right. right. So um, you mentioned about groups and uh, is there really a trend authority? And there's a couple of groups out there and um, we're very familiar with them. Um, Garden Media Group is one. Uh, it's a company and they do marketing, but they also do consulting and they do track trends. So uh, a lot of times what they'll do is they'll go to other countries and see what's coming over from Europe or what's coming from Japan. Um, just a quick story, my wife Teresa and I, we went to Australia and uh, we were there in January, Australia Day, like our 4th of July. They send out media people to all these small villages to act as a liaison for the government. And we got to meet Jan Edmondson, or Jane Edmondson, I'm sorry, Jane Edmondson, and she hosts garden shows down there. And we're like going, we're down there, it's winter here, it's summer there. What are the trends? Tell us what right. the trends are. She goes, well, it's container gardening, it's gardening with kids. It was the same thing that we get. Right. And she said, we're just six months out of what you guys do. So similar to what we do and go to pick off in different markets, right. they do down there as well, south of the equator. So uh, Garden Media Group has gone through, Ryan, you pulled up, I think the list, and I have some of them written here about, um, some of the trends that they see. And uh, Katie, um, who's um, Debose, mm -hmm. one of the um, uh, principals of the company, she gave a presentation this summer mm -hmm. at Cultivate, which is a trade show. Uh, so uh, Ryan, what, you were at Cultivate. Yeah, I, I was at Cultivate, you know, and I think mm -hmm. it's good you know, mentioning that you know, these trade shows, because you do start seeing similarities, where sure. I think you'll start seeing, seeing trends if, you know, like colors and plants, where if you start seeing lots of breeders that are breeding plants in certain certain colors, you start seeing mm -hmm. some similarities throughout these shows. And then you go to these shows across, you know, the United States or like you said, Jeff, into into Europe mm -hmm. regions. So you, I think those are where you start seeing some of these trends that just automatically develop on their own. Mm -hmm. And it's maybe not people that are collaborating to set the trend ahead of time, mm -hmm. but it's like, it starts playing out. It's like, oh, gee, I'm really starting to see a lot of <laughs> Hey, kids gardening things, or mm -hmm. people promoting that. Well, maybe that's the trend, and that's kind of how those things kind of right. Started. It filters through all right. the different levels, yeah. But you know, so you know, the the garden media group, you know, was talking about um, some as far as you know, we were talking about housing, and it's you know, we're coming coming off of you know, COVID and pandemics and kind of the big great reset. Of, of people, you know, mm -hmm. they've kind of, you know, spent the last two or three years kind of evaluating their life, their priorities, what they're doing, and they've had a lot of changes, right? They were they were home for a long time, not sure what to do, you know, there's job changes, and now you're starting to see, okay, we've got a clearer idea of what it is important to your to yourself. And so people are out now, you know, the housing market is still, still very hot and strong. You know, as you start getting, you know, the younger generation now is finally getting into purchasing homes. They've, they've been sitting stagnant for kind of a long time. It's gonna think this, that generation, it's the latest generation that has held on the longest without purchasing homes. And now they're realizing, okay, we're getting older, we wanna start families, we're 
getting home. So now what does that mean for, for trends? They're home, they're starting to look at their yards, they're just getting into gardening. You know, they, they've seen you know, their, their parents or their grandparents that have done it and they finally have their own place. But their own place may be a little bit smaller and doesn't have the big vast, vast yards. So people are looking at, okay, how do I get creative with the spaces that I have and what can I do with it? Mm -hmm. It's just not, you know, it's not a half, half acre, right. just open <laughs> flat area that I could go put lawn in the middle and then line it with shrubs around the outside. You know, we have these creative, you know, patio areas and deck areas and they start to look, we're going vertical, you know, because we don't have a lot of space. So we're getting, they're getting very creative. So it's interesting to look at some of these trends where that's kind of, it's creating different spaces for the, the space that you have and utilizing every space that you do. Right. Have. Well, and Judy, you had mentioned the, the plant selections for those smaller gardens. Right, and so that's one of the ones I think that it finally got to breeders because breeders, it takes a long time to breed a plant. So they finally caught on and so I think that they are, it's almost like they're going too small. It's like, really, do I want a plant that's only a foot where the natural one is two feet? You know, it's just, it's kind of awkward that way. But what I did like about um, that one article that I read was about living walls. And I think we've been through living walls. It was a trend a couple years ago. And it's really difficult. I mean, they're very high maintenance. But now they're talking about living walls, meaning vertical, like you were saying. Right. Like, why not have a climbing rose mm -hmm. or have a vine on your fence or on your wall? Mm -hmm. And it's a living wall. Or even having shrubs that you're shearing to make it a mass of green or whatever. And right. so it's still a living wall, but much easier to take care of, right. much less maintenance. Well, and we were talking about the, a couple of years ago, they had those hedges that you could just buy. Yeah. And right. it already grew in a hedge. And so, and I think this goes to that, that new homeowner thing about simplistic design mm -hmm. and less maintenance because you're starting families, you're, you got a new home, maybe funds are a little tight. Um, are, do you see that in the, in the garden center when you come to, is there a price point that scares people away? Or are you pricing plants differently? Or is it, or are you choosing plants differently based on that? Yeah, I think you always have to have that good, better, best. We were talking right. about that as retailers, wholesalers, that you have to have a price range for because you have different customers who have different budgets. So there's the people that maybe they're buying the smaller plant and some people want the bigger one. You know, right. it depends if you want it now or you don't mind waiting a couple of years. So it's always nice to have that kind of range for people. And we try to address that so that you, you really accommodate all your customers. Well, we talked about the uh, papyrus that was recently come mm -hmm. out in the last couple years you had King Tut you had baby Tut and I think you had Prince Tut or something right, right, right. in there and and so you have all and Queen Tut I think is coming out on the market right. here shortly so but they're all various sizes mm -hmm. based on their names so right. you can buy the one that fits best in right. your garden right, so right. Ryan is there a right so you know it's also with with this age we're looking online everything is there's you know your social medias mm -hmm. really start playing playing factors in this so uh, your, you know, your Pinterest have been big, you know, people posting on the, their boards on that, you know, TikTok videos, yes, you know, and, your, and your, yeah. all your other socials where you're seeing ideas. And people are bragging. Oh yeah, right? that's yeah, fun yeah. to yeah, watch that. Right, yeah. you know, they're, they're proud of what they're doing, mm -hmm. they're, they're posting snippets, and it build, builds this excitement where people are starting to see, you know, a trend maybe going on there, you know, something might go viral that somebody did this project and then somebody else is kind of duplicating it and then they post it. <laughs> right. And so then you start start seeing these maybe be quick trends, 
you know, we've right. seen we've seen it with house plants. Yes. Oh my gosh. Trends, yeah. which is you know usually you know trends in the past have you know taken years or two to kind of build up and ramp down, but in the house plant market, these trends are going fast. Oh yeah. You know this, this plant is. <laughs> You've never heard of it. It's the hottest thing. Everybody wants it. They're paying tons of money for it if they can find it. Mm -hmm. Then pretty soon, every grower is scrambling to try to get it. And just when they get to market with it, nope, we're done with that. We're moving right. on to something yeah. else. <laughs> Big princess. Mar right. That market now, okay, that's not yeah. now a $2 plant yeah, instead of a yeah. $2,000 plant. Right, yeah. right. You and know, you brought up the whole <laughs> thing about designs and, and, you know, people are taking designs and then improving them. It's almost like you almost want to see who wore it best as far as garden yeah, design. Right, right. Have everybody pick the same thing and then, or the same right. layout and then, then build something. Um, I also noticed something too about uh, people are going more sustainable. Mm. So, I mean, that's getting rid of the gas powered tools, going to electric, yes. ergonomic tools mm. as you age, that kind of thing. Have you guys noticed that in the markets? Um, I think that you have to have that. I think that um, some people, it's a price point thing or, you know, mom gave me this for Christmas, I have to use it, it that kind of thing. But, you know, if they have their druthers, they're going to go electric because right. they're, they're really, and they're easy to use, they're lightweight. Um, yeah, if you have to go out, you really want to check out I, the electrics. I made, this, I made the switch this year and went yeah. all battery for mm -hmm. battery, you know, backpack blower, battery, mm -hmm. uh, lawnmower, and I'm slowly you know, phasing okay. in and getting rid of the hedge clippers mm -hmm. and all of that over, over time, and I just yeah. keep adding to it. But it's, you know, you look at, you know, gas prices were not not cheap. No, yeah. right? right? Yeah. So you start, sure. you know, go fill your, your five-gallon little gas can, and it's Oof. like pretty soon it's, you know, $25, $30. We're like, wow, that's not... You're thinking, yeah. But you the tools aren't cheap either. Was this a, a, a concern when you were buying? It was... I was looking at... I was the point where the, the lawn... I was needing to replace anyway because mm -hmm. I got mm -hmm. the useful life out of my, my lawnmower and it just made sense sense for me to go this. I'm like, well, I can have an interchangeable battery that mm -hmm. I can recharge and power all of my different things. And mm -hmm. then, you know, the technology's gotten better. Mm -hmm. Very so much. it's, you know, instead of having a battery that's going to last about two seconds and then you go charge it and yeah, that's wait for three hours until it's charged <laughs> again, Not you know, I can go mow my lawn, I can go, you know, blow off my yard, all in one battery. Wow. And then wow. I have a second battery that if I back up, if I need to do, sure. do extra, yeah. but it, extra the technology extra. is mm -hmm. is changing and they're getting better. And So that's a, more of a trend that's long term. It's right. not, not mm -hmm. this is not one of those annual things. Right. People are now making this conversion. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, you're, and you're starting to see municipalities that are, you know, starting to ban gas powered. Oh. And, you know, it's no, noise, yeah, noise. And, and pollution. Oh, wow. And so there's, there's many big cities. Mm. I think LA is getting to that wow. point and some of the California, mm -hmm. I think even up here in Oregon that are, you know, they have a deadline where they're going to start manning and you cannot use a, a gas powered after a certain certain date. So it's that's kind of that phase in mm -hmm. of that. So yeah, kind of smart. But even to the point of um, looking at sustainability, planting natives in your garden for pollinators. And I think poly the, the idea of planting for pollinators is beyond a trend now. I think people are really thinking about it. They're yeah. thinking about the wildlife that they want to invite. I mean, you're not gonna, you don't want to invite the deer in, but you don't mind butterflies and bees. Um, so I think people are thinking of that, and, and that started as a trend. Mm -hmm. I mean, we started hearing about it probably more than five years ago. Yeah, so that, that brings up kind of an interesting, so, so a trend is now becoming just mainstay. Yeah. Is it, is it, a lifestyle. A lifestyle. Is that, yeah. is that typical? You know, a lot of times you see trends that kind mm -hmm. of, that come and go and, and fizzle out. Mm -hmm. but, but to your point, you know, you get some trends that, that's becomes true. the new norm. Right, that is true. Because one of the trends I thought it was kind of funny it was kitchen gardens. And it's yeah. like, what is the difference between a kitchen garden and a vegetable garden? The size, the proximity, 
it was yeah. just kind of funny. It's like, you know, we everybody loves to have a tomato plant, but is it a kitchen garden or? <laughs> well, I always love the herb pot. So you plant an yeah. herb pot and you put it next to your, you know, back door, sliding glass door. And a year later, two years later, everything's one's died out and one's right. just overgrown the rosemary's right. taken over right. and, yeah. and it's like going, rosemary, everything else is gone <laughs> everything else is gone so it's yeah it's not an herb garden anymore right. it's just a rosemary pot yeah. Right. Yeah. but i think you know you know like you said you know planting herbs in a pot is not mm -hmm. not anything new but you'll see you know maybe marketing behind it mm -hmm. or the way you're addressing or the consumer that you're you're mm -hmm. going after to show them more ideas of what you can right. do with this. Right. And it's I think a lot of these trends can be more of a marketing from mm -hmm. the marketing side of just educational. Yes. Yes. Because you go into a garden center, if you don't necessarily see them all planted together mm -hmm. in a big pot, you might not think if you're a new gardener, oh I can plant those all together. Well that is a good idea that I can put my rosemary and my basil and have my pizza planter or my yeah. mojito garden or right, whatever, right. right? You know, yeah. so it's, but it, it's giving them ideas mm -hmm. and it's, you know, educating a new, a new gardener. Right, for sure. And I think that's what with, after COVID, I think that it's on us as a retailer or wholesaler right. to educate because there's so many new gardeners. What right. was it? 180 million people across the United States started to garden that never had gardened before. Yeah. And so I think that the onus is on us now to keep these people educated and so that they keep on wanting to garden. Is there burnout? I mean, are these trends trying to prevent burnout by keeping people excited because yeah. there's new stuff happening? Is there well, burnout? You know, there, you have time. I think your enemy is time and budget. And so you can go water skiing or you can go hiking or you can stay home and garden. So how do you, how do you get those people right. to stay home and garden and not go water skiing or right. hiking? But I, but I think you can, you can balance it. I don't yes. think you have to choose. It's how it's, you know, incorporating whatever you're doing into a lifestyle right. that, that works for you. There's some, you know, I stay home now more than I ever used to. Now that I work, work from, from my home, home or I used to go into an office. So it was, you know, I'd come home after work and it's like, okay, I go back out in the yard after I've been doing it elsewhere all day. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, my, you know, lifestyle has changed and adapted and it's always been gardening, but it's, I have a little bit more extra time now that I can go out on lunch and go putter in my yard yeah. if I want right, to. Right, right. And so it's, you know, I think, you know, you look at these as everybody is evolving, you know, their, their homes are changing, their yards are changing. It's not a plan at once and just forget your yard right. and it's never, it's going to be the same yeah. in 10 years. It's like, I was looking at my yard the other night, I had a bunch of family over in a kind of surveying, showing off my yard. And I think, you know, I've been in my house for uh, a little over almost 25 years. And I think I have maybe one plant that's an original plant oh in, my, in my yard. And I'm like, huh, that's new, that's new. <laughs> that Japanese maple's about it. Okay, in your defense, you used to work for a grower, so yeah. you see a cool plant. Right, and, and, I, and I would bring it, bring it home. Yeah. And I'm notorious, I think I've said this in the past, I like to you know rearrange the furniture right. in my yard, yeah. dig plants up and move them around. It gets too big and I just get rid of it and right, put something right. else. But, but you know, it, but our yards are evolving. Right. Your, okay. Our lifestyles are evolving. Yeah. So you're right. talking, we're talking right. about that, about you bringing new plants home. And you noticed this in retail in, during COVID, online. So that became kind of a trend is people buying mm -hmm. online. Um, and I'd like to talk a little bit, we just got a few minutes here before the break, um, about do people buy more online? Do you offer, you, you can't offer as much as you can if they come into the store. What, what is online meant 
for the wholesaler and for the retailer? Uh, so a retailer for online, so we offer, right now we can only offer so much per every department. And so we try to have the best of the season and we're really working on that, but it's really, it's a lot of time and energy. So I think that we're still working through that. I think that online for a retailer brick and mortar, it's more of your showcase. You're showing people what you have and like then they have the option to come, we don't ship, so they have, they have the option to order online and come and pick it up and that's a time saver. People are busy. Or they can see what you have online, it's like I want to actually see it, I want to touch mm -hmm. it, I want right. to smell it and they come into the store, which I think that's a better tool. I'm not an online shopper, but I think that that could be, that's that kind of hybrid use of an, of an e-commerce for a brick and mortar. Right. And I, you know, coming from the wholesale background and you know, being with a wholesaler that did put together an, an online presence and sold, you know, so it was, you know, they would wholesale out to garden centers, mm -hmm. you know, and, su and supply garden centers throughout the Northwest and across the country with plant material. But they made the conscious effort is like, you know, we want to get into this because there's so many other people that were not being reached by that plant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't necessary to displace the garden center that was there, but it was to supplement it and be able to broaden out and be able to supply basically the nation of anybody who wanted to get on and ship the entire, entire lineup. You know, well, you guys used to, this is your former employer, you used to have a program where people could order plants, designate a garden center, mm -hmm. and a portion of that purchase price went to support that garden center. Right. During COVID, when they couldn't go to the mm -hmm. garden center. Right, when, yeah. they, when they weren't yeah. owner, yeah. we would ship them to, mm -hmm. to the customer and give credit, a little kickback, to that garden center yeah. that would do, do the referral. You know, now you know, the garden centers are all, all open, but it's still, you know, we're, you know, they want a partner, and it's basically it's, you know, providing plants for everybody that's right, out there. Right, right. Yeah. And, 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 that it, was a and great that's service. what I think the online has done is opened up the accessibility mm -hmm. to plants. So I think you see a lot more, a lot more growers that are getting into shipping plants, you know, because they can. They're fi they're figuring out how to get there. I think ship trees. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, oh, I've yeah. seen videos of, you know, six, <laughs> seven, six, eight, seven, seven tree that yeah. open, comes out of a box. I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the FedEx guy yeah. delivering that right. one. <laughs> now, having said that, we totally support local independent garden centers um, because when you go, you're going to get the plant that's growing right for your area. You're going to get expert advice. And you'll be able to get all those tools and supplies and stuff, and you don't have to get multiple orders from different vendors. You can just go once, drop your credit card one time, and walk home and start planting. Right. So Definitely. yeah. Um, so we're going to take a break and listen from Capital Subaru. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what all these trends mean for you, the gardener. We'll see you in a few minutes. Start your new Subaru story at Capital Subaru. We are like nothing else. From the moment you step through these doors, you see it, you feel it. We do things differently here. Our people, our culture, our customer experience. Tell us what you're looking for and we'll upgrade the way you shop for Subarus. When you're just browsing, need great service, or starting your next adventure, we're always here for you. It's your story at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway. And uh, welcome back to Garden Time. Um, we're talking about trends today, and we talked about 
some of the, the trends a little bit about sustainability and smaller gardens and all that. Now we're going to talk about specific for the home gardener. And uh, producer, assistant producer Therese brought up, we need to talk about plants. And first of all, we talk about plants because of the nature of the plants and their introduction to the market. A lot of times we don't hear about them until like December or January but some have come out earlier, right? Yeah, well, the trade shows that we all go to as you know, part of this industry, those are all happening, so we get to see sneak peeks. So you were out at Cultivate, and you saw some cool ones, and there's another one coming up far west, which is in Portland, and people come from all over the country and the world to come to this show to kind of see what people are bringing to right. the show to show off. And I've been, you know, like I said, I've been going around this year and, and doing the trade shows, but also trialing trial gardens. Mm. And so the trial gardens are where the breeders, you know, the ones that are coming up with all the new plants, are going to the growers, various different growers throughout the United States, and they said, hey, we have these new plants. Will you plant them in your gardens and trial them out to see how they grow? Because, you know, none of these breeders want to go just take a plant and just go flood the market with it without seeing how it mm -hmm. performs. So, you know, there's thousands and thousands of plants that are grown every year. And they're not named. They're, they have like right. codes yeah, or numbers. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Petunia GYQ96C right. or something, yeah. right? I mean, it's just, but they're, they want to see how they perform. So I think that's, you know, good to point that out that, you know, when you see plants that are coming out on the market, it's not the first time it's ever been seen. Yeah. It's actually been growing for for a few years and they're doing their due diligence to see how they perform because they want the gardener oh, to be, be successful, successful with sure. it. So, you know, so I've seen some of these, you know, peaks of that will open, you know, these trial gardens in the, in the last year and dropping them down the south and, you know, the north and places like that and seeing what they've done. So you're going to start seeing plants now, um, they're going to start trickling into, into the industry. You know, people are going to get this little sneak peek, maybe limited selections and so start seeing them and then once it starts building up you know then two three years down the road then you'll really start to see that and that's where you'll start seeing the trends and the colors and things like that so that's just to give a little background of what's coming down the pipeline yeah, definitely, is, yeah. is you will see some of these and so I saw that last year you know the cutting edge of it and then a year or two later you may see it in bigger, bigger scale yeah but you know we were just talking too is that out of those hundreds and hundreds and thousands and thousands of plants, they bring the best of the best to these trade shows. So a lot of them, like you said, um, Red Lark, which is mm -hmm. a delphinium, um, is appearing at Cultivate this year because they have numbers large enough yes. for the retailer to, right. to sell. Right, and that's so true because it takes a long time. You have to get cuttings, you have to get seed, whatever, to put it in production, right. big production. And a local grower had this red lark, and Ryan, you had it, right? Yeah, I, had, I planted it in my yard last year. And for those that don't know, so it's a delphinium red lark. So delphiniums have typically been in you know the whites, purple, and pink kind mm, of shades. Blues, right. And this one is truly kind of a salmon red Coral red. It's it looks it's, beautiful. It's stunning. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I saw it. You know, I'm not a big delphinium. I like delphiniums. I saw it, and I had to have one for Right, there. right. It's so just different. It's that, it's that different mm -hmm. to look. And so, got a sneak peek of it last year, and then this year I started seeing it all the all the shows. And I would for ne next year in the spring of 23, I bet you will start seeing it. Yeah. In the garden centers. I good. have told my grower every time I see a list, it's like, you must get Delphinium Red Lark. And now I'm seeing it on, on this, I'm going to tell him he must have it now. Yeah, mine did come back 
and it, it came back. It did come back this year. Because many years ago, there was one, I can't think of the name of it, but it was very similar, right. but it was an annual. It did not come back, at least for uh, the Northwest, mm. it did not come back. But it's so stunning because it's a color breakthrough. You know, and whenever there's a color breakthrough, I mean, it's that's a star. I mean, right. that's something that you're so proud of to have and, you know, have for your customers. Right. And how many years did, you know, we chase the elusive, like, true black yes. plant or blue. Right. 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 You know, like, color just doesn't really yeah. exist. But, no. you know, to get some of these colors, you really start seeing the breakthroughs. Right. And you'll see some, you know, I mean, how many different shades of petunias. Right. Yeah. So, right. Judy, as a buyer, you, I mean, you have calaracoas, oh. you know, million bells. And every year, there's mm -hmm. there are dozens and dozens of new introductions. How do you, as a buyer, pick the right ones for your garden center? So you have you know you have to really buy for all these customers. I mean, you have right. this whole demographics, and so you have to. And then you get the basics. You have to have white. You have to have pink. You have to have blah blah blah. You have to have the doubles. And then you have to have the novelties like um, cherry star where it's that red, cherry red with right. the yellow the dark, in it. The dark throats, yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh, and those are just stunning. But you, you know, maybe you don't get as many of those because that's the special one. Everybody wants like, you know, the meat and potato kind of right. ones right. because they know them. And so you really have to buy all of those. So is there a value in a, in a trendy plant? Oh, definitely. Because I mean, you have those people that want that. I have to be the first one on my block right. to have that delphinium. You if know, you're, if you're truly looking for for mm -hmm. something new, and then you'll also start seeing them come up on you know your social media. Mm -hmm. You'll start seeing your magazine articles written about them, featuring you know look at this new color or this new trend, mm -hmm. and then that's where you'll start seeing you know in the perfect world you know you'll have the media people working together with the plant people. Right, right. <laughs> so when the plant is available, then you start promoting yeah, right, it. Right, right. Where it just seems like a lot of times it's kind of backwards where they'll promote a plant nowhere to be found for a couple of years. Yeah, that's the disappointing, right. yeah. And well, then you don't you, want that to happen. <laughs> and you mentioned disappointment-wise is the naming. Oh. And you said, and we all kind of agree, every <laughs> once in a while we just want to slap some of the growers around or marketing people or whatever, because you can grow a plant and call it, you know, Mrs. Smith's Rose, and it could look like Mr. Lincoln. Right. And But everybody comes in, they want Mrs. Smith, and it's like, this is the same rose. No, no, it's not. Yeah. Yes, it is. They just named it so that they could carry a series within the same name kind of right. Exactly. And so you run into that all the time. Oh. You grow plants that are identical sometimes to the name series, and sometimes they're cheaper. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, you just have to watch because you want to make sure that you're buying the right one. Right. You have the right name and that it kind of meets all that criteria, but um, it just gets more complicated and you don't want to even have that to the consumer because right. they don't care. They just think it's pretty and it's gonna grow in my yard. Well, and we were talking about the, <laughs> the names get so long, they you can't so even put them on the tags. Right, right, you know, right. It's like, you know, the sun, something, 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 something. And it's 12 delphinium. words. Yeah, you know, and right. it's like the 12th word is delphinium. Right. So. Um, so when we were talking about the plants, let's talk about some of them that were appear to cultivate. And so red lark was one of them. And then you had mentioned the sedum that um, uh, that had popped up. Oh, that variegated one. Right there, there, there's a great Sparkler. new variegated called Little Shimmer. Little Shimmer, yep. And so very tight, compact. Um, it's kind of like a green and white, very mounding, very tight. Um, just looks different than a lot of the other sedums out there. So it's a it's one that can take a fair amount of sun or take us a little bit of shade, and for that. So you know, people that are looking for it's just a nice pop of color, mm -hmm. just pure white, 
you know, variegation gives it you know, a very nice look to right. it. Right, and talk about trends. Sedums and Sempervivums, hens and chicks, have been such a cool plant for all of our gardens right. the last few years. And a lot of them are just green or burgundy, and to have a variegated one, it mm -hmm. just adds to that mix. So right. it's it's a nice one. You know, and speaking of you know sempervirens, we're starting to see more of the super scents. Yeah, they're huge. Right, and so I think Judy, you you've said you've started carrying these at the at the garden center. Uh, what's different about them? They're huge. They are huge. And I think before there were some that were big, but now the breeders are going. We did a story on Garden Time with Kevin Vaughn, who's a local breeder, right. and he's breeding them. They were 10 inches across. Yeah. They yeah. were yeah. just amazing. Right. And so those are so fun. I mean, and that's something really new to the market. And I think this coming year, it's going to be everywhere. Right. And he was talking about, for him, trend wise, he's looking for new stuff every he crossbreeds and you know does the hand cross pollination yeah. and that kind of stuff, and then plants the seeds. And, and a lot of these trend plants, like you said, take years to get mm -hmm. to the market. So sure. he's working on stuff that probably won't even be seen right. from years ago. Um, we also talked about calabacoas, and so there's a new one out from Suntory um, that also appeared at, at Cultivate. Yeah, is and this kind of gets into it's like. Now with calabacoas, you're looking at colors. Mm -hmm. You're not looking at different plants structured necessarily. You're looking for unique colors like the elusive black right. or the elusive mm -hmm. blue, that kind of thing. So right. are you seeing um, people coming in and, and grabbing these whenever there's a new color? Oh, of course. And you know, this new one, it's the orangina. And it's like, I think orange has been really hard. And I, they're still working on an orange petunia. It's like right. they haven't gotten there yet, but you can get it in a calabracoa, even though people think it's a, a petunia, just a little one. But um, yeah, I think people... And if you're an annual person, every year you put the same things in, so I think right. you're like looking for something different. Right. So you have to offer that, you know. And I was so excited to see on these new trend things, they renamed the baby boomers, so I'm a baby boomer, I'm old, and it's like, instead of calling us seniors or veterans, we're now the super agers. The super agers. <laughs> and so, that's a trend. That's right. Because Better we're active. Super-sizers. Super-sizers, <laughs> we shouldn't be. But it's like, you know, because the seniors now are different from the seniors 20 years ago. We're right. much more active. We're still working. We're still, you know, we're, we're still mountain climbing or whatever. You know, right. we're still being very active, being active gardeners so um, it, it's kind of fun that we're still marketing to them yeah. <laughs> to <Yeah. us. laughs> so we, we talk about colors we were talking about um, Pantone so every year Pantone which is a, a group of design experts get together and they pick their color of the year and this has been kind of adopted by garden centers in the garden industry and this year the it is what um, Digital lavender. Digital lavender. I know. And so <laughs> it's like, okay, so, but this is not meant for plant colors necessarily, correct? I think so, because it's, we just told you, breeders take five, seven years sometimes right. to get plants to market. But it's all the other stuff. It's your pillows on your um, your patio furniture. Right. It's your containers. It's the pretty vase that you have on your table outside on your deck. So yeah, you want to kind of coordinate your plants to look what good for right. that. Yeah, the ribbons and you know, and that's you know, getting back to some of those those trends that we've seen over the years is that you know the inside outside. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's still a pretty popular trend is bringing your inside outside and kind of blurring that line between your living space and your outdoor space. It's creating, you know, that outdoor space. You know, that's not super new, but it's still a trend that's happening. There's, you know, especially as we're getting back to entertaining mm -hmm. and, yes. and having having people over and being able to be be indoors and opening up our house and having that our yard as an extension. So when you get into some of these Pantone colors, 
where you do have those accents throughout your house. It might be on your pillows or your, your dish towels or mm -hmm. your linens or your dishes or whatever it is. And it's continuing that out to your outdoor patio furniture. And then you're always going to be able to find a plant that's going to complement There's that. lavender mm -hmm. color plants. Right. <laughs> right. But we also talked about, so Garden Media Group had said that the color for garden centers this year is terracotta. And so we had this discussion during the break about you know the the differences between the color of the year between these two and it's right. like and i think it comes down to it's what you as a person prefers in your house and garden so you're not going to go out and change over all your patio furniture unless you won the powerball or mega million <laughs> right. you're not going to change that out every year for the for the color of the year you're going to pick a color that's good for you whether it's terracotta or Right, or digital lavender. Digital lavender, <laughs> thank you. Um, so for people that are looking for that, what is your recommendation? I mean, do they hitch their, their wagon to that Pantone you know, train, or do they do something different? Well, I think I was talking to our visual manager at Al's, and I asked her, I was like, do you kind of coordinate the plants with your colors? Because she has a color palette every season sure. to kind of do the backdrops. And she said, I can't. She goes, because it's just, that's really difficult. But she said, usually we have something that'll go with it. Mm -hmm. You know, she has this color palette. She goes, next year, of course, you're going to have lavender plants. And so I can always pull those into the display. Right. But she said, I don't go to the grower, our grower, and say, you, know, you must have lavender plants. Right. But there's such a big color range in plants. You know, I thought it was funny when your Pantone color was green. It's like, oh, that's an easy one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like Ryan says, you, you can always find something. Yes. Right. Yeah. right. And, yeah. it's, and it's also a way you'll, you'll see a lot of the independent garden centers, you know, when they're doing their visual merchandising and laying out displays, you know, they'll color block yes, di yes. Di different areas. So mm -hmm. all of your kind of orange flowering plants are all together or all of your lavender or mm -hmm. your, you know, your purple color, maybe to match their Pantone color, are all in one area. So people can visually see right. if they are trying to coordinate you know, plantings in a planter, you know, you'll have some big leafy, like a colocasia, you know, if you get into, you know, like the Royal Hawaiian series, those. you know, with, you know, you have your dark burgundy foliage or some with their veins, and then it's complemented with, with the purple coloring mm -hmm. of the flowers. And so it's, it's showing that. And so I think it's by having these colors, it's more of kind of giving ideas to, A, the garden center that can put together displays to give, give to consumer a visual look about, oh, this, I can, duplicate this and take it home, or I already have part of this at home already, which I don't want to not use, right, right. but I can accent and complement right. with these other items. So if you're a fan of digital or <laughs> lavender, <laughs> right. this is your year. I yes, mean, you yes, there you buy. go. I've waiting for years. 2023, <laughs> you can have that yes. lavender. Um, so, but you know, we were also talking about the trends. You mentioned it earlier in the first half, Ryan, about um, indoor plants and how they become hot they, like we right. talked about Pink Princess, which, you know, was introduced. People were buying it for like hundreds of dollars for, you know, a little four-inch plant. And now it seems to be readily available. Still a little on the spendy mm. side because right. it is hard to propagate and reproduce. Um, but then at Cultivate, we had one here that looked like um, my hostas in the spring <laughs> after the, yeah, after after the slugs. The slugs. <laughs> but yeah. this is a very unique cool. monstera. Yeah. Right. And, and um, so just some thoughts about the um, indoor plant market and trends. Yeah. Is this, yeah. is it fading? Well, yeah, so, I, you know, so, so what I've seen, you know, there's, you know, a lot of, you know, we've gotten into the mon monsteras and, you know, the variegated white, you know, your high constellation and 
um, and ones with all your fenestrations and your right, holes right. and you know you're starting to see you know some different coloring coming out mm -hmm. leaf because you know a lot of your a lot of your house plant has all been foliage mm -hmm. and so you know it's all green or pink or white or various variegations mm -hmm. of that but you're starting to see in some of the like the colocations you know some metallic mm -hmm. some metallic silvers mm -hmm. and metallic reds yeah, and blues yeah. that are a little bit different and then i also think you're going to start seeing you know more flowering Mm. House plants. So, yeah. like you know, beh behind us here, yeah. um, you know, as a, you know, bring this forward, which is just stunning, um, is kind of a good example of you know what you're saying. You know, and for those that are that can't see, see, oh. see what so it's going on. Um, so this is um, an African violet. Mm -hmm. um, African violets obviously have been around forever. forever. You know, yep. grandma, grandma had African violets. Great grandma. Great grandma. <laughs> great great grandma. And great, yeah. But you know, they've green, green leaf, purple flower. Right. And a dead leaf in the yep. front. But this one but is this, spectacular. Right. And I think, you know, Jeff, we were out one day where yeah. we we're, were shooting and um, picked pick this one up at the Seabright Garden. That's the bad part about doing a garden show yeah. is that we go <laughs> to these places where we end up with plants in the back right. of the car. So. But, but this African violet here, and we've done stories on with African violet breeders, stunning white variegation to the, to the foliage, and then the blooms are. A lot different. So and they're so big. Large blooms. Large so you're blooms, getting them yeah. in more of a, the lavender colors here. You're getting bicolor blooms. Mm -hmm. um, Ruffled you know, the edges. Rough, yeah. So there's. And so this is generally a trend in, in indoor plants. I think I think you're going to start start seeing more. Um, I know streptocarpus. Yeah, is, I was just going to say we've it, seen the the breakthroughs in those. Right. So streptocarpus is another another mm -hmm. one um, that have been around a long time. Long time. But you're starting to see. The new breeding coming out in these, where you're getting into the ruffled leaves or the ruffled powers, bicolor mm -hmm. tones, big blooms, little blooms. So I think you're going to start seeing a lot more in, in that uh, coming down in, in, in years to come. With more things that people can have indoor their house that it will be blooming. And so, so you'll have your staple and your foliage plants, but then indoor blooming will be coming on. And you know you could see that because I think people, you know, they everybody collects now. You know, the houseplant people or the the mainstay. Right. They're really collectors, and so they've gotten everything that they can. So now, what's the next one? Oh, maybe I need a collection of African violets or streptocarpus right. or bromeliads or something. So I think that's kind of fun because they'll be looking for something else because it's like they'll be they'll get bored. But does I mean because it was has the indoor plants have been a trend for now a few years. Is the market flooding? I oh, mean, yeah. is there too man, too much of the cool plants out there? And well, uh, is it kind of diversifying and, and spreading the dollars too thin? It's not the cool plants, it's the basic plants. Because right. the cool plants right. will always be expensive. <laughs> right. Because you just can't get them. Right. But then once they figure out and people are getting on the board right. of bandwagon of growing them, and you start to see more you know, plant swaps. Yeah, it's plant swaps. Oh, yeah. you know, and you know, and people, people mm -hmm. sharing, sharing plants and you know, I think your your social medias are getting into, you know, you see so much more of that mm -hmm. on there and the accessibility and like, hey, we're going to be at this this place. Well, I think even Al's had a yeah, it was very a, fun. It was right. really it was. I was surprised how many people came and then everybody's talking amongst themselves and it mm -hmm. was a social thing. Right. You know, it's like they're people. You and know, who saw the garden center would invite people to right. bring to plants bring plants <laughs> and then trade with other people and walk away with plants and not purchase anything. Right. But yeah. the the idea is is that 
people come in and then see yes. and get an idea about some of the other We had an that, ulterior motive. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so is this a trend, Judy? This is a trend, because we're going to do it again. Yeah. Because right. people had a good time. And it's like, it's that shop attainment, you know, where you have entertainment during the shopping. You know, right. you have a coffee bar, or you have a, you know, whatever kind of place yeah. to people can socialize or sit or bring their friends. Right. Which, is, not, which is actually one of the trends of yeah. Yeah. Definitely, you because you want to do, I mean, you want to go shopping, but your time is li limited. So why don't you meet a friend or your mom or dad right. and go shopping, but visit at the same time? Yeah. So when you talk about trends, let's uh, kind of dial back a little bit here. We talk about trends. Trends are only as good as the buyers that buy mm. into the trends. And that either means the retailers, which bring in lots of plants, which they think are cool, okay. or the consumer themselves. How much can a consumer drive the trend and start the trend? I'd like Pink Princess, was mm -hmm. that a, that was a consumer driven trend. People right. found mm -hmm. this plant and they loved it. Oh my gosh, it blew up the internet, yeah. of course. Yeah. And so people started posting pictures mm -hmm. and so the consumer drove that trend as opposed to the grower. Uh, mm -hmm. and retailer. Right. Is that going to be the way with social media that we're going to see in the future? And if you're not looking at social media, you, you're not doing your job because you have to kind of keep your ear to that or your eye to that and kind of see what's out there. Even though I couldn't buy it, you know, when Pink Princess started on the internet, I couldn't buy it. I right. mean, I couldn't afford it. And so um, I, I had to tell you know, people when they called, it's like, I'm so sorry, I'll put you on this list, but I don't know when I can get it. You're better right. off to go look on the internet. So I think as a buyer, you have to kind of look at that and kind of see where people's interests are and see how you can tag along to it, or maybe there's something similar. Right, but, but you, know, you know, you being on, on the sales floor of the garden center and start hearing over and over people asking mm -hmm. for certain things, so if you're not on Social media is like, why is everybody all of a sudden starting to ask for a right. white whatever? Mm -hmm. And then you, then pretty soon, then you start looking, and it's like, wow, that's out there. I mean, I need to go find. I this. need to get it, right? Because sure. you want to, you want to supply that, need. right? Right. So I think to your point, Jeff. There, it does go both ways, where you're going to have a lot of consumers, and I think that's going to be more of a trend of the consumer is going to start dictating some of these trends. Um, just from you know what they're after for and needs for plants, um, and then you'll you know and then if you have you know breeders that are up on what's happening in you know the, going the other way that right. can can adjust and adapt and grow plants to fit certain needs that what the consumers so are. So more of a symbiotic relationship. It, is. it could drive one way, it could drive the other, and I know that with the, your previous company and even now. Um, Growers are paying more attention to social media, Absolutely. and uh, retailers mm -hmm. are as well, and they're picking plants that, or trying to go in the direction, knowing that I, I hate to say it, but the the uh, consumer is fickle, and what could be a trend, seen to be a trend in a, one month, can quickly mm -hmm. disappear yeah. in right. another month. So, and trends, there's a lot more of them out there now than there used to be. Oh you, my gosh! Yeah. Used, used to be, you know, we look through these lists now, and it used to be okay, you had maybe a handful of right. of trends for the year. Right. And now it's like, okay, here's 50 yeah, trends. Yeah, I mean, it's like, more, yeah. you know, how do you keep up on it? You're, they're not all going to stick, and you right. got to kind of right. pick and, and choose. Mm -hmm. what's so I'm going to throw out um, a couple of design trends that have come up, and um, you guys give me your thoughts on these different designs. And one was designing. <laughs> it's a test. It's a test. And you're both going to pass with my <laughs> colors. Um, designing for climate change. And we've uh, previous podcasts. You know, you talk about mm -hmm. pollinators before. 
and we talked about the, the heat and climate change before. Um, how do you design and for climate change, since that is now in the news all the time and, um, you know, zones are changing and we're getting hotter, some places are experiencing stronger storms. How do you design for that with the trends that are happening now? Yeah, well, I think with, with the climate changing, especially here in the Northwest, we are getting hotter summers, way hotter, hotter, right. scan, you know, days and days of over 95 de right. degrees. So I think that you know, one of the trends, and it's almost like it's a, it's a you know, uh, it's here now is um, for drought tolerant because the water issue. And so it's just the sustainability of it and to being a good steward of your of the earth and of a, to right. be a gardener. So to plant things that are going to be drought tolerant once they're established. Um, but then, I mean, it's not all doom and gloom. It's almost like you can plant something that maybe wasn't hardy here right. 10 years ago. So maybe you can plant something that, you know, you really saw on vacation in Florida, and I really want to have it now. Yeah. You know, I want to have a plumeria tree outside. I mean, right. that's not right away, but I mean, you know, something like that that you really love from a vacation. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but yeah, I think that we have to start looking at that, and some plants are just not going to be around anymore here that are going to, you're going to be able to have successfully. So and, and natives and, and natives. natives and native ours and natives. Mm -hmm. Natives been a popular trend for the last few years. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, that you're going to you're you're seeing already more of you know taking the native species and cultivating them a little bit more mm -hmm. to get a little better trait traits in them. Maybe they're not considered a true native in some people's eyes, but there are you know mm -hmm. if you have that traits for something that actually lives and supposed to live in your natively in your area. Right. And being able to have that. You know, is, is also gets into your, um, you know, your drought tolerance mm -hmm. and, and planting plants that are designed to work in your area where you're not trying to fight it. Right, right. So um, I'm going to group a couple of them here. They have one that's called Slow Life, which is essentially relaxation in your garden. You're mm -hmm. watching the grasses grow. Right. Um, we talked about Zen Gardens, which I think kind of falls in that same mm -hmm. kind of category of, you know, kind of reconnecting with the earth. So um, do you see that as a trend? Um, that's going to continue, or is this just the same thing that we've seen before? I think it's it's almost like it's a reiteration of it. It's like reminding people you don't just work in your garden; you want to relax in it. I mean, I see people put benches in their gardens. It's like make sure you go sit in it. You know, right. you've worked hard in it. So I think it's our sanctuary, mm -hmm. our haven, and we have to just keep reminding people that. So I think it it is good that that's a trend every year because it just kind of reminds us that you're not just doing this to kind of look from the inside. You need to go relax in right. it or enjoy yeah, it. Enjoy it, right? I mean, you'll have you'll have water. Yeah. You know, it's like you know that that trickling fountain. That maybe maybe it's a concrete statuary, or maybe it's something other mm -hmm. bubbly that might be more, you know, sticking with what's current as far as a mm -hmm. trend or a style. But it's the overall. I think it's you know, it's enjoying your space, mm -hmm. right? And that's not going to go away. And we should always be reminded that you know we put in this work to do this, be in our garden, enjoy it. Well, and I just read uh, there's a, a local TV host, Mike Darcy, who's been a guru, garden guru, and he gives out a, a newsletter. And in his newsletter this month, he says, I'm always talking about getting out and working in the garden. I'm going to talk today about just how I'm enjoying my garden. Oh. And he goes out with his coffee in the morning mm -hmm. and, and wanders his garden. And I think that's a, just a good thing. It's, I mean, they can call it slow gardening. <laughs> you can call it zen gardening or whatever. Right. Right. But it's all kind of the same features. Yes. And then we talked about one earlier that came up, Greek gardens as a trend. <laughs> and we're trying to wrap our heads around this one because it was uh, more featuring statuary, archways, um, stone walls, that kind of stuff. 
Um, when you hear something like that, you know, Greek garden um, as a trend, what does that mean? I mean, it's like the old English cottage garden. Right, right, yeah. right. Is it a trend? That's a new one. I haven't seen that one in a long time. Or maybe it's the old Mediterranean garden. Yeah, I don't know. Greece is on I, the med. Right. <laughs> That's a new one. That's the need to go build a big uh, concrete statue of something and <laughs> yeah. big big pillars and put plants right. on top of them. But It sounds very formal. Some people like that formality on it. Right. It's not just, you know, a, a um, country garden or something like that or a cutting garden right. or just flowers. It's It sounds like it's very, you know, very formal with pathways and boxwood and um, I think it'd be very elegant. Yeah, I mean, you know? and that's, you know, that's, you know, a style that's not going to be one fits all. Right. No, right. Yeah, by, yeah, by, by any means, but mm -hmm. it might be, you know, coming back to it, give somebody just, huh, a great garden. Yeah. I could do, I could do that. That mm -hmm. sounds pretty intriguing. Right. Yeah. Gives them an idea. So, and so wrapping up, uh, where we've kind of reached our time today, um, the idea of trends is essentially that. It's kind of what's new and exciting, but it's only new and exciting if it really makes you excited about getting out in the garden. Um, any th other thoughts on, on trends? I yeah. Other than slapping around the growers <laughs> every time they change the name. Well, so. I, like you said, I think if it gets people excited to be outside in their garden and to stay home and enjoy it, enjoy it right. with friends or family, I think that that's a good trend. Yeah. And what is your style? I mean, you have a house style, you know, your your decor, or your even your person. So it's like right. it's just an extension of that. It is, and it, it's just getting getting people to think differently. Um, you know, it's getting retailers to look at things differently, display things differently, keeping it fresh and innovative, and getting more people involved and engaged to be outside and enjoy whatever space they're going to create yeah. for themselves. Cool. Well, um, thank you everyone for watching and listening today. Um, we hope that your trend is, is that you keep on coming back to Garden Time and watching and listening to our podcast. Um, we also want to thank uh, Capital Subaru and Salem again for sponsoring us. And we welcome comments, questions. A lot of times you're sending specific questions, and that's great because we can answer those as well. Um, but if you have any suggestions for topics of shows, we can do that as well. Um, we look forward to seeing you again soon. Um, we're getting ready to go on our trip to Belgium and Holland, and so we'll be posting pictures of that when we're there and possibly doing a podcast. So, um, you know, be aware that's coming up in the future as well. But for now, we uh, thank you for watching, listening, and happy gardening. Start your new Subaru story at Capital Subaru. We are like nothing else. From the moment you step through these doors, you see it, you feel it. We do things differently here. Our people, our culture, our customer experience. Tell us what you're looking for and we'll upgrade the way you shop for Subarus. When you're just browsing, need great service, or starting your next adventure, we're always here for you. It's your story at Capital Subaru, your way on the parkway.